0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Welcome to Wisconsin and Whitetails, the show for those who hunt with passion and drink with a purpose. As always, we're your host, I'm Gus. I'm Matt. Thanks for our, uh, to our Patreon for the little support and thanks to Waypoint Network for having us. And as always, thank you for listening, subscribing and sharing and all the other ways you support us. Uh, this week we have a awesome guest brian Dewar from 10th mountain whiskey and spirit company he's going to tell us a little bit about what they have going on over there and uh all the cool things they're getting into so stay tuned
2: Thanks for jumping on with us, Brian.
3: No, hundred percent. Yeah,
2: thank you for the uh, the hats. You guys sent us some swag. My hats. I didn't want to be. Didn't, we didn't have all three be matching, so I went.
3: Oh, I mean, I could. No one will know. No, you're good. You're good.
2: <laughs> and your last name is your last name is the same name as on that's bottle. That you you do you own the divorce fortune?
3: Oh God, I wish I owned that. No, my family was uh, a part of that though. So really yep so i'm I'm linked in a specific ways if you can see the banner behind me uh we we get some stuff sent to us a couple times a year every other year uh from the factory so that's kind of cool
2: well that is cool that's a it's a that's a nifty background to have if you especially get free whiskey
3: (laughs) yeah it's awful all
2: right so you sent us some whiskey too we got a whiskey a bourbon and a rye and then uh we got this brandy we actually didn't open the brandy today we did a little a uh, pre-session to sip some of this stuff, but Gus tried the whiskey. I had the rye. So I think I'm going to drink the bourbon. Yeah, I will do the same. This is what we were sent. We're going to talk all about 10th Mountain. I've been seeing you guys around. Um, Is there a huge military connection for that?
3: There is. So 10th Mountain was originally founded in Camp Hale, Colorado in the 1940s. What they were doing is they were uh, there to be the mountaineers, uh, during that time frame. So it was around 10,000 to 12,000 feet uh, where they were training at in the ni- early 1940s and with pieces of wood for skis. Uh, you can't see the skis currently, but I actually have the original skis behind me, behind this Nyala that's just in my way. Uh, but those are the skis that they were actually using back in that time frame to do that. We decided in 2014 that. Or 2013, we wanted to start making whiskey and started producing it in 2014. And we wanted to pay homage to the 10th Mountain Division. And we've been doing that every day since. So uh, we're we're excited to push forward with all military communities and everybody around the world with our whiskey and show our pride to everything that we have.
2: I wore a 10th Mountain Patch for, uh, I think, a month in Afghanistan. I worked with a bunch of different teams as they came in and out. But I remember in basic training, as soon as I got your hat, I, uh, I pulled the hat out and looked at my wife and, and I was like, 10th mountain patch on my shoulder, pick up your ruck and follow me mountain oh, infantry. <laughs> remind, remind me of basic training a little bit.
3: Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, it does. So what, um, what do you guys think of that? Uh, bur- you both have the bourbon now, right? Yes. We split it up today. Awesome. What do you, what do you guys think of that? Are you just trying to figure out which one's which, Gus? Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I, had, <laughs> I put them in the same glass, and then I don't know which one's which. I think I got the bourbon, though. That's what I tried this afternoon. It's, it's. I like it. It's, um, It reminds me of a rum almost.
3: Really? Yeah, it's like super sweet, like rummy sweet. Uh, you're actually getting that sweetness from the corn we get from uh, Cortez, Colorado, from the Ute tribe. So we're the only ones pulling from the Ute tribe, man, using that corn. So it's a blue corn. It's, all, It's going to be that sweet, very sweet flavoring so
1: yeah yeah that's a sweet almost um like caramel caramel corn it reminds me of like for the popcorn you get at the fair you know the caramel corn so 100 oh, yeah. yeah which is it's funny um we the some of the other uh we have a local company or a local distillery here that uses a a, a very rare corn um and we we'll get you get similar very um pronounced notes uh from their corn as well but that's i, I didn't know um that that's fascinating. That you how, how did that relationship start?
3: Uh, the relationship was literally started by our owner. He went around trying to find the best corn possible in Colorado because we wanted everything local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we um, went around and found the Ute tribe wasn't doing any distilleries anywhere, and we asked them if we could buy it from them to do this, and they said yes. So wow. they, we, we, it was just a really cool coincidence at that time.
2: That, that really whole cool. story on the,
3: on the website? Uh, the you tribe? No. Yeah.
2: And you guys should talk about that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would love to, and talk about it more, but I need a little bit more detail from the owner himself to, so I can share it. So, <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. That's something that he just went around and was like, this is uh something I want to try out. And, and and it worked. Yeah. Which is rare. Cause sometimes usually those experiments don't work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, that's a, that's a, that's accurate.
2: You definitely get a lot of different flavor notes from getting away from like the standard number two yellow dent corn and going into like a, a more of a a niche or a craft corn um they have yeah. a lot of flavor you get a lot of flavor depending on what kind of grains you're using but it's you would never think that corn because growing up you know you eat corn Like how many times you eat corn you go that doesn't taste like the other corn like it all tastes the same but when you distill it right. it's, pretty, it's pretty nuts <laughs>
3: No, and our uh, rye actually comes from the same area, around that same area. Some, some of it comes from the U-Tribe. Some of it comes from different parts. But our rye is actually in the bourbon as well and, and some barley. So we have 4% barley that's in there, and that comes from Sheboygan.
2: Nice. And you guys have a – how big is your location there?
3: Uh, it's about 10,000 square feet. So we're not big uh, by any means, but we're also we're trying to push out the best product we can without asking for billionaires for money because we're doing this all ourselves. So we, we want to make sure that we're pushing out the best product and giving you guys and, and the viewers out there, the best thing that we can produce possible. And this is the best way we can do it is by talking to you guys and getting on podcasts around the country and around the world and doing events to make people smile. That's all we care about.
2: Right. So guys are always looking like you're having fun on Instagram for sure. (laughs) <laughs> every, every time Hi. I see, I'm like, man, I want to go to that. I wish I wouldn't so far away. <laughs> you, you, uh, did, was there ever a contract distilling time, or it's it's all been kind of in house?
3: It's all been in house. There's never been a contract distilling time. So on all the products across the board, it's all in house.
1: Very nice. cool. Great. Respect that a lot. I see, you know, you see a lot of folks take the other path and understand it from a business perspective, but um, totally, totally respect the the idea of of doing everything in house and and uh, you know. Taking it slow, you know, if you have to, and, and staying small, so you don't have to ask folks for money. We we take the same approach with whiskey and whitetails. You know, we've been approached a couple of times about getting into business with folks um, in exchange for for investing, and it's just like you know, I we like we have specific ideas and what we want to do, just like I'm sure you guys do. And we would rather play the long game and uh, slow burn that process if that's what it takes to do what we want and provide what we want the way we want to, than to uh, be forced to have to take other people's input and, 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 you know, influence. So yeah, I totally get it. And
3: that'll be oh, the I first mean, thing that happens. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I love to hear that. So, I mean, it's all about the small businesses around the country, supporting everybody else. So this is, this is awesome to be on something like this and see you guys grow the way you have. And it's just amazing.
2: Yeah. We appreciate it. Y'all too. It's, um, I can't remember the first time I saw it. How long have you been, how long have you guys been putting out whiskey? I know you've been out around a little bit longer than that, but. Since 2014.
3: Okay. All right. So yeah, we, we, we've been putting out whiskey. We've laid down our first barrel. These are the small ones back then the the five gallons and 10 gallons ones in 2013, and we started selling it in 2014.
2: Okay. And Uh, what's the oldest you guys are pumping out stuff. Everything's pretty young, but I mean, we always say the age doesn't really mean anything if it tastes good.
3: Right. And that's what we're concentrating on is the taste and the flavor and everything. But we do have barrels that are aging. Um, I know there's one that's almost 10 years old now. I don't know where it is because the master distiller won't tell the owner or I, because <laughs> they know we'll maybe thief from it once or twice. But the stuff that is coming out and the ones we've just had, I think the oldest release we just did for a, a single barrel pick was four and a half years nice. uh, to, a pri- to a private group. And they, it, I fell in love with it when I tried it. So.
2: Has the mash bill changed over those years or is it all kind of staying the same?
3: mash build has stayed really close to what the original uh, recipe was since the start it's changed by a few grains but not severely you're talking about 65 to 95 percent on the bourbon and or that's the rye i'm sorry so 95 percent, and then the corn was 70 to 75 so
2: you can tell it's high corn. It's a, it's a huge corn smell in the nose, which is one of my favorite things about I. My whiskey days started, you know, being around moonshine. So when I smell something <laughs> that's uh, mellow and sweet corn, I get all excited.
3: Well, I mean, I I could have sent you our moonshine too. It's a hundred percent corn. Yeah, nice. have. Is yeah. that proof out at? Uh, this is uh, hundred proof. Nice.
2: It's good. It's yeah. uh, that's what it's supposed to be. Proof is uh, supposed to be a hundred, and then you have high proof and low
1: proof, and yeah, absolutely. 100.
2: Hundred proof. If you can make good product out of hundred proof, you're making good whiskey.
1: That's it. That's it. So all right. So uh, I I do. There there are other que- where where are you located at in Vale? Because I I have a personal connection to Vale. Um, where are you guys at in
3: in that area? So uh, Vale is our tasting room. So do you know oh, okay. where the covered bridge is in Vale? Yes. Towns town center. You pass a covered bridge. We're immediately off to the right, looking down on the river.
1: Oh, cool! Awesome. So. So I, uh, I got, uh, I did my, me and my wife went on our honeymoon in Vail, uh, and we purposely went in, uh, like October off season. It was dead there. And so we, we had like the entire town to ourselves It felt like, and so we ate at a bunch of different restaurants, um, and, you know, hung out around town and, and did all kinds of stuff. And, and there's literally nobody there. It was, it was the coolest thing ever. We don't really ski. So we didn't care that there the right. were not open. So, uh, hitting up some of these like really nice restaurants, uh, the ones that were still open, um you know, they're, they're just excited that someone's coming in the door and then you tell them it's your anniversary and we were getting free champagne and free dinners. It was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So I was just curious, curious where, where you guys were situated in, in Vail. That's, that's, that's really cool.
3: Yeah. So we're, we're located right there. That's our first tasting room. Our second tasting room's in Gypsum, Colorado, where our distillery's at, which is about 30 minutes West. Um, because no one can actually afford to distill in Vail. As you guys know, it's, it's a little pricey.
2: Yeah. So yeah, when I saw Veil vale in the uh, label, I was like, isn't that like a really expensive area? It seems like it'd be high rent for, for putting anything, but it makes sense you have a tasting room.
3: Oh The tasting room's phenomenal. I mean, the people around the tasting room, uh, the other owners of the companies, uh, there's a hat place called Kemosabi's. I'm not sure if that was open during your time. It's a cowboy hat place. Uh, I don't
1: remember. I'd have to,
3: I'm to. i not sure. Okay, that's fair. But <laughs> they've been around as long as us, and we, we've moved locations once... Uh, once in Vail. So we were a little bit farther down in the city center. And then we moved to this location when it opened up after we were given permission. Um, But it's, it's been a game changer for us and the people and the community are just so welcoming.
2: I was gonna say like, again, every time I see y'all, it looks like you're having a good time. There's people there, people supporting you. And I mean, I see stuff online about it all the time, which is crazy for a small startup. You know, I mean, you guys aren't a small startup anymore, but when you were, i mean i've been aware of it for a while and to yeah. see all the stuff coming out and i'm like man one day because i can't really it's hard for you to find we don't south Carolina doesn't get shipped a lot of stuff so and i don't i'm not huge on buying things online anymore but um yeah it's i've been wanting to try it for a long time because it's a you know it's something that actually strikes a chord with me being you know that i deployed with 10th mountain a little bit so it's hey, i mean that's
3: I got, uh, I was in 10th Mountain. I can never claim 10th Mountain. I was a, a crayon eater. So nice. I, I was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Just, actually, I got my edible box over here, but I can't yeah. show that because I got a middle finger. So.
2: I, I keep them here <laughs> just, for, just for when y'all show up. I got them right here. Yes. And I don't have kids. So that's actually pretty funny that I got a box of crayons in there. That is funny, <laughs> actually.
3: I mean, we could do the uh, this one, but. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll just cover them. up that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, no, we don't I care. Mean, it, yeah, it no is a <laughs> crayons. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Those are my kind of crap. Oh yeah, uh, that was a retirement gift from one of my buddies when I got out. So when did you get out? Uh, 2011. Nice. So yeah.
2: you were in. You were in during the fun stuff then.
3: I I was. It was an adventurous time. Yes. Yeah. Tell <laughs> everybody.
2: It's kinetic and lovely. It's uh. That's, that's how I describe
3: it. That is a hundred percent. I'm stealing that.
2: Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> And you guys do a lot with uh veteran stuff too, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we support nonprofits all across the country. I just got back uh, from Cody, Wyoming, supporting a long distance shooting competition for the Special Operations Warfare Foundation, yep. where they were able to raise over six figures during that event in two days. Wow. So it was absolutely phenomenal. The people were great. Uh, the fifth group was there uh, competing, which was awesome to see an active unit come out and shoot. Um. We support other nonprofits. I run a nonprofit, and that's actually how I met the owner of the company. Um, I run a nonprofit called Base Camp Forty Warriors into the Wild, and we take veterans hunting and fishing around the world for free. So I reached out to him since he was local and I was local, and I said, "Hey, would you mind donating a couple bottles where we could take it out to these guys?" Because one of them was Prior Tenth Mountain, and he fell in love with it and. We've been talking ever since. And I was a federal agent at that time. And once I left the agency, uh, he said, do you want a job? I said, I would hate selling whiskey. Absolutely not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then you were like, yeah, give me a start
3: date. Yeah, that's pretty much, that was pretty much it. I went to South Africa right after South Africa, I left the agency A, a month later I was in, so.
2: Nice. That's awesome. That's a smooth transition. Yeah. We we talk a lot about tra- how people transition out of the military into other things, and I know you had a job in between, but still, it's awesome to be able to slide right into something that fits your kind of like your mantra, your headspace, and everything, and be able to work for a place like that.
3: Oh, absolutely! It's uh absolutely phenomenal to see that in every all the aspects we do. Uh, Vail Veterans Program, we're doing stuff. I fly out tomorrow to Kentucky for a Folds of Honor event. It's called the Bourbon Ball. Uh, So we're going out there and 100% of the proceeds are going to go back to Folds of Honor and support those fallen heroes or wounded heroes to give those scholarships to families in need. So,
2: yeah, I'm taking notes as we as we talk about stuff. But uh, so I have to go back to the long range shooting thing. I have my um, stud. You were thinking it, too. Yeah. Ortiz and then uh, (laughs) and then Larry. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we work with a a company, a group called Snipers Unknown, and I actually was planning vacation this year around the time that they were having their event, and I, I moved it a week so that I can go, but we sponsor a team, I should, I almost wore the shirt, believe it or not, but, um, we we sponsor a sniper team there, it's, uh, one guy's an active duty Green Beret, and the other guy is a, um, I don't know if we can say what he does, he does, like, probably not, you're good, he does cool (laughs) stuff, he's not in the military anymore, but he used to be, but he, he's also a long range sniper, but they were, uh, Lamar was talking about. He's actually my stepbrother. He was talking about doing a long-range shooting thing, where you would kind of teach take people hunting and teach them long-range hunting. And I was like, mm, "Yeah, if we could find a place to do it, like mountaintop to mountaintop somewhere. I guess there's a place in Colorado, yeah. huh? Because we have.
1: I, I, I'm... I was going to say we have so many of us from the southeast. Like we we hunt, we hunt our whole lifetime, and you know, a long shot for us is. 200 yards across, uh, you know, a farmer's field. Like we don't often get opportunities right. to go out in that country and take long range shots. So we don't, a lot of us don't ever learn to shoot that.
3: Right. No, absolutely. I mean, one of the properties we guide on is a little over 5,000 acres. Uh, so you can shoot mountaintop to mountaintop just fine. And then we got several other ones that are even longer and I'm, I'm not going to disclose those locations cause the owners <laughs> are very, I don't think they would be happy with me, but, um, it's, it's kind of cool seeing these veterans get behind guns again. And some of them are active duty or some of them are gold star families seeing those dads get behind guns and, or moms or daughters or sons and watching them experience the outdoors in the best way possible.
2: Yeah. We're very picky about the charities we work with, but, uh, most of them are either a hundred percent volunteer, meaning nobody gets to pay the salary or they are Um, like you pay for their lifestyle, but not necessarily for them to be rich. And then there's a lot of charities that will pay the CEO three to $600,000 a year. And we choose not to support those charities, but it's fine. They're still doing good work. (laughs) We're not talking shit. i am just, i am just, for us, we don't, we, that's what we, we choose to go to these smaller charities for a reason, but, uh, I could staff a long range shooting competition or shooting class with veterans. I mean, so easy. I've already got so many people that I've mentioned to that want to go. That'd be something cool for uh, like a little club thing we could do.
3: Yeah. That'd be really cool. If, if we could talk about that. I know uh, one of the owners I actually um, work with really well. He would be highly motivated to do something like that. Uh, his son and I are currently um, I'm drawing elk cutouts and mule deer cutouts on steel and he's actually cutting them out. So nice. that would be, yeah. So I think we're going to put one at 1500 yards, one at a thousand yards, Put a turkey at 800 yards. Have some fun with it. Make him good along the way. Maybe a moose at 2,000 yards. That'd be, nice. <laughs> That'd be cool shit. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Uh,
2: is that pretty common for people to take? I mean, is that an ethical shot that far away, or it's you don't see people doing that much?
3: No, you don't see people doing that ever. Uh, I've yeah. seen one guy do it, and he was uh, first recon sniper this man was terrifying to all death and I love him half to death as well. So, but yeah, he could shoot a fly off an ass at a thousand yards and it's kind of impressive. That's so, wide. yeah, yeah.
2: no. Yeah. I wouldn't be taking that shot, but it would be cool to go and shoot steel anyway. And you wouldn't have to do that during hunting season. That could be an off season thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So we, we could do it during an off season thing. People could actually shoot at targets that are life-size targets of these animals at certain yardages and have fun with it.
2: Yeah. I think there's a, there's a cool charity event in there. Raise some money for your charity and, and everybody involved. We we just like doing stuff like that. We don't have to make any money. <laughs> just yeah. We'll just staff it and bring people.
1: That'll yeah, be an Show, that'll be, that'll show be awesome. up and show up and write it off. It's well, yeah. good then.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'll be right there with you guys. So let's do it.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. So what
2: are the, uh, what's some of the the hunts of you? You've been doing this. How long have you been doing the charity hunt stuff?
3: Uh, So after I got out, uh, the the charity hunt started in 2011 uh, by a man named Paul Bristol. Uh, the first guy we took out, was his name was Mark Johnson. Uh, he just lost his job at the Sheriff's Office Department. He was a fire, uh, former Green Beret. Um, he's actually one of our board members now as well, just like myself. Um, when that happened, uh, he was lo- running low on food and everything like that. And Paul came up to him and said, uh, do you want to go hunting? cause he knew his prior background. He said, I, I would love to, uh, but I have no money. He said, it's on the house. No worries. So took him out hunting, um, came back and it was, he said it was a life changer for him and his family. So just to hear that, it, uh, it's, still brings tears to my eyes today because of that. And those guys are how we started is very humble and how we are now is still humble because, we're, we're not on social media a lot. We don't post a lot. I, I do some posts a couple times a week or a couple times a month. And then every event I'll go out and take posts or every hunt or fishing trip or whatever we do. I'll I'll post those online and on certain attributes or people we're helping out that want their name out there. We don't want to define a veteran with their name or their picture. If they don't want to be known, you're going to be anonymous with us. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing depending on who you are. but. We want to make sure everybody's happy, healthy, and doing the best they can for their country, in the way that they can. So that's how we started. Um, the way I got in is after I got hurt, I uh, got out, uh, joined the government. My injuries pertained and got worse, so I ended up having a hip surgery and knee shirt surgery and a shoulder surgery in 2015, where I was on a walker, a wheelchair, and a cane almost all sim- simultaneously sometimes so I can go to the bathroom. But they uh, they helped me out, and I was able to get that life-changing experience. And loved it ever since, and I joined the board and just kept going with it.
2: And you never get tired of hearing those those stories just like yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you, dude. And it's like every time we, every time we, (laughs) it's all good, man. Cheers to that. Every every time we do this stuff and we hear Ah. those stories, it's just like, it's, 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 it's saving. This is when people talk about charities and they're like, well, well, I don't get it. You're taking them hunting. What is that? How is that therapy? It's like, well, just because it's not therapy to you. Doesn't mean it's not therapy to us. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild how much it actually out, just being outside alone, just sitting in a tree stand by yourself and thinking about shit. And then, you know, Something comes out for you to harvest or kill. Great. But even yeah. if that doesn't happen, just the camaraderie and being around guys that are just like you in the head and we can all make the same jokes. We don't got to be PC. We we can do whatever we want to do and just oh, 100%. heal. I mean, it's just healing.
3: No, and that's that's why I still guide today. And I'll continue guiding until my body gives out. And then I'll get one of those fucking awesome wheelchairs and I'll still guide then. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> we, uh, we, commissioned a boy scout to build a uh maybe Gus you can talk more about that than I can.
1: Oh. Well you were talking about you know all the great things that you know that you and the and the, and the people you've helped have been able to experience with uh with your hunts and that's you know we we're involved a lot with Camp Hero Kentucky. <clears throat> they do a very similar thing. They offer a lot of outdoor therapy opportunities for veterans and first responders and uh the, you know the number of times I've been out there and Matt's been out there just seeing uh the impact that it has on these folks and their ability to come out and, and disconnect and just have some fellowship and camaraderie um and no judgment nobody cares what your service entailed nobody cares what your background entailed no one's comparing or it, it, there's no competition out there you're just there to be with one another and to have a good time and to uh to unwind <clears throat> and um you know it's just it's it's really meaningful that that particular charity um and when what they offer you know is is meaningful and so over the past couple of years we've been involved with him my son my older son he's a, he's a he's a boy scout and he's working on his Eagle project and um he came to me if, about a month ago and was like do you think Rocco has anything at Camp Hero that maybe he would uh need some help with and I said I guarantee you he's got something to uh he, he could do some help with and so um what he's actually going to do is for his Eagle project he's actually um going to convert a a a little I think it's six by ten or whatever it is trailer into a wheelchair accessible hunting blind that can be moved around the uh, the property um so that we can you know we'll we'll go up, we'll go up there and 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 finish the build and everything and uh give Rocco an opportunity the capability to help folks that are wheelchair bound move around and get around the property and do some hunting so uh, Oh that's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty excited about it. We're we're excited to help out Rocco cuz he's done so much for uh for so many people and for you know for us so it's it's been good.
3: I really hope he's lifting the trailer up and putting that on tracks as well. Because
1: <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. To be able to move it from side to side.
3: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's possible. I think he's trying to make it for a side-by-side so they can just, they can just, you can load them up in there, seatbelt them in or whatever, and then just tow them back. Is that kind of what the plan is?
1: I, yeah. So right now we're still just working on the structural design of it and kind of making sure the structural integrity is is where it needs to be. And then we'll sort of dial in the little, nice to haves and the, and some of the more functionality pieces of it. But his, his biggest piece is wanting to be able to just move it around the property using the side-by-side and maybe go, maybe go down the road a little bit if it needs to. So um, that being insulated and and to be able to keep it a little bit warm in there for folks if they need it, um, I think those are his priorities. That's awesome. I love
0: to hear that.
2: Yeah. It's uh that's why I was like, when we were starting when we were talking over email, I wasn't saying, I mean, I usually don't say anything over email anyway, but, but I was like, oh, we have so much in common, so much to talk about, especially <laughs> on just on that side. And then when you get right? into like the whiskey stuff, it's even more, I feel <laughs> like we ended up talking forever if we didn't stay on topic. <laughs>
3: <laughs> to, so what, wait, go ahead. No, you're good. I'm listening. Oh. I'm just pouring another.
2: Yeah, please do. Please pour more of your whiskey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
2: what? what is your job title there? just to have
3: I am the military sales director for the company
2: okay and your main goal is to get people to try it or keep it in their stores or what's 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 the main purpose
3: my main purpose is to get it in all the classics around the country around the world as well as support these uh, military nonprofits that are out there to make sure they're getting the best quality product either for free from us or at a super reduced rate, depending on the nonprofit, like we like you discussed, if their CEO is making four hundred thousand a year, they're going to be paying us something, they're not going to get it for free because right. they can slightly afford it. And if the board, um, like my nonprofit doesn't get paid, um, the products donated in that way, or Special Forces Operations Foundation, their board is paid very, very minimally, and it's all about helping each other out. So we want to make sure they're supported in the best way possible.
2: <clears throat> and that's a great group to be with because those are going to be the guys that know how to shoot already. And so taking them hunting is not a big deal.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, the couple of the guys I became friends with this weekend and uh, sounds like they'll be coming out this way either sometime soon for just to get some night vision on, we'll shoot some coyotes or get them behind some thermal scopes and have fun with it at a thousand yards or something.
2: Well, we just found out recently that <clears> our <throat> club here in Charleston has uh, a bunch of pigs in it. So if you want to come down with some thermals, we can shoot some pigs.
3: Don't tap me with a
2: good time. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, Gus said that they dammed, so that, so the beavers had dammed the water Yeah, have,
1: I'm not sure if they fixed it yet, but we have the the, the back part of our. So we have about 3,000 acres, the, the club size and the back, the back, I would say, well, I don't know what Matt, 800 to a thousand acres is probably is swamp and and it, it the water comes up and down so half there you can walk through it just fine the other half it's perfect for hunting ducks you know it just depends on the time right. of year um but i think uh what the landowners were saying is that some i guess some beavers somewhere uh, the waterways where that is is sort of the start of the of the ashley river uh here in charleston and so uh, some beavers have, have dammed up something and it's backing up the water further up into the property than normal. And so it's pushed all the hogs further because the the hogs will, will tromp through through the water out to these little islands and they hang out where they don't get bothered. Uh, but we've been seeing it up where they're like within 100 yards of the road, the main road, which is really unusual. So right. um, before before deer season starts and folks start going out there with family and, and kids, we're trying to uh, thin out some of that, that property.
3: Trying to capitalize
1: <laughs> on this opportunity here.
3: Well, let let me know. Maybe we can organize it where I can get some veterans out there, and uh, we'll we'll have a good time with it.
2: Yeah, that would be great. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. I'm gonna write that down too. I got all kinds of notes today.
3: <laughs> I feel like if I t- pull out my notepads, I'm gonna be in trouble now. <clears throat>
2: i just we've been <laughs> doing this long enough that I'm like, man, I, I don't remember what we what points we made until. I'm sometimes I listen, I re-listen to them. Sometimes I don't. But It's like if I don't re-listen to it, it's gone. So I've I, I started making notes. Trying to keep it all lined up. What do you want? What can you tell us about this brandy? I haven't opened it yet.
3: That's a brandy. It's a Pinot Noir brandy. It just won third in the U.S. on USA Today's top brandy list a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, What it is, it comes, the brandy came from the Smith Family Winery in Napa Valley. There should be a little story on the side of it there. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is uh, the brandy, uh, the owner of Smith Family's, and our owner Ryan uh, met at a nonprofit event so they met at the Vales Veterans program which takes veterans all across the country on outdoor adventures from skiing to hiking to biking to golfing just to try to get them out moving again and they they spend a week out here uh doing all that so they met at the big dinner they have once a year for this and um became friends Ryan flew out there to Napa Valley to see the winery just because he likes wine. I mean, I do too. So I I wanted to go, but I didn't know about Jack shit at this point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Once that happens, uh, the owners gave him a call about two months later, three months later and says, we have 30,000 gallons of Pinot Noir. Do you want it? It doesn't fit our flavor profile. Um, we're happy to send it to you. He said, how much? They said free. And he said, the fucking yeah I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, about two weeks later, we got a tanker full of Pinot OR. Um, and we had to put it in every pot still, every air fermentation tank we had. And we still didn't have enough room. So we filled all of our barrels with it. And then we just started <laughs> distilling it off and putting it in our used bourbon barrels. And that's what you have today. It's been aged two years in our bourbon barrels.
2: That's really cool. It tastes uh, really good. <laughs> I'm surprised. I, like, you know, if you drink moonshine, it, there's some peach and apple brandy in there uh, every mm-hmm. once in a while. Um, But, yeah, I don't think we have ever had a Pinot Noir brandy. It has like a, almost like a fig. So I only say that because of my fig tree is blooming. But I can smell those figs in this.
3: Oh, yeah, that. no, a hunch you're good. I'll just. No, this is this is my happy place. Uh, do this in a hot toddy or even put some uh, get a hot cider and just hot cider in the winter with this. Yeah. All, all day.
1: That's a good idea. Gus, I should have given you some of that. That's OK. I know where you live. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: Even just like sipping it straight. Neat. Is very good.
3: Oh, thank you. So it's that's crazy. crazy. Five, of, it all
2: like, here it is, and it, that's what you made from it.
3: Yeah, that's, that's exactly what we made out of Pinot Noir. We had no idea what we were going to make, and then we made brandy.
2: How many times have you made something and it didn't work out?
3: Uh, actually, we haven't made anything that didn't work out. Nice. That, nice. That, dead serious. So we have a uh, single malt that is, this is probably my favorite. This is absolutely phenomenal. It's almost like a Highland Scotch without the peat. And, so you're going to get the grassy tones from uh, the single malt, but you're also going to get some almost fluorescent flavors from the barrel. And I don't know how those got in here, but this this is probably my favorite on earth. Just coming from a Scotch company or thinking yeah. I have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> coming with that, Scot- that thick Scottish background. It's in your blood, man. Uh, there's, a, there's some kind of genetic code in there that tells you it's good or not.
3: I mean, I, I do have a hundred year old bottle right here that I just pull from sometimes. So, wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's awful.
1: That's a cool <laughs> looking decanter dude. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I was, I was talking more about the decanter. I, I can't imagine that mm. it actually tastes any good. <laughs> uh, <it's> a hundred year old.
2: How old was it when they, uh, mm-hmm. when they barreled it? Uh, 18,
3: 1886 to 1986. Wow. So this one my dad gave to me after I uh, retired from the Marine Corps, and he has one more for me when I get married. If I get married, I'll marry him right now. Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> I assume you got to split it with me. So,
3: yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's
2: pretty awesome that you're gonna you get two in a lifetime. So how many did he get? Two. What? You saved them both for you?
3: No, he got two in his lifetime. I get two oh. in my lifetime. So I don't know if my kids will have any of this because I'll probably drink it all, Yeah. Uh, yeah. but...
2: Well, you know as well as anyone, whiskey is made to be drank, so. Yeah, don't
1: no, say it everything. is. Take it from me. Don't save everything for your kids, man. Enjoy some of it, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they probably won't appreciate it anyways. <laughs> they probably won't appreciate it as much as you
2: do anyhow.
3: Mm. Uh, they oh, I said the same thing when I was growing up. I didn't like the flavor of scotch when I was a little kid and I remember uh, when my grandfather passed away, we opened up another one of these bottles, and uh, I took a sip out of it, because that's what you do as a doer. Uh, when someone passes away with a doer name, you open the oldest bottle in the house, and that bottle goes away. Doesn't matter how old you are back then. And this is, by the way, people, this is, this is it, in the early days, people didn't care when you drank when you were younger, so yeah. don't please don't get offended by that, um, but... None
2: of our listeners are going to be offended. Yeah. We don't have, no. we don't have offensive <laughs> listeners. We tell them to leave.
3: Well, thank God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, uh, I have to be very cautious with my job, so. Oh, I understand. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But it was one of those things where I just got excited about it, tried it. I don't know how old I was. I probably got drunk off two shots, knowing my age and my background at that time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that that bottle disappeared that night. So that's a,
2: I love that tradition. I might make that. A, well, I don't have kids, but I might make, you should make that a tradition, Gus. Yeah, with my kids. <laughs> Whenever a brown dies, everybody drinks a bottle. Yeah, that's what we'll do. The oldest bottle we have, which will be like nine and a half years old or something. <laughs> yeah, not <and> a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shit. So have Jesus. you been involved with some of this stuff on the back end, like, or just in the sales? Per- like, do you have any say on what they distill or what we're making next or, or, like inside scoops?
3: I, I, yeah, I have all the inside scoops on everything and what we're making next and how we're processing it and the distilling process. I don't have a say in it because I am not a master distiller. I will never claim to be one. Our master distiller, he doesn't like to call himself one, but he is. Yeah. He went through the first Moonshine University class ever back in 2013 with our own Orion um, and fell in love with it. And he's stayed with the company ever since and watching him grow through videos and proxies and tasting tasting one of the first barrels to now I can say there's a 110 percent difference and it's absolutely phenomenal the way that they've changed just tiny tiny little things to make it the product we have today yeah it's uh
2: we did the just the executive bourbon steward thing but we we got to go there to do it and uh, every, oh, after awesome. we left, I was like, man, I would love to go and do like the full
3: distillers course where they teach yeah. you how to basically start a distillery.
2: Yeah. It would be amazing.
3: No, that, that's, I think that's my next step is to get my uh, executive steward. So
2: do it, man. It's fun. It's, uh, I don't have my book near me, but it's, uh, it's a good time, man. It's good stuff to know. It's, it's one of those things like, you know, it teaches you, uh, how to speak to it eloquently, I guess. And, but they but the whole point of it is like, you know, military service basically. You're, you're a steward to the spirit. You're not, you're not trying mm-hmm. to be cocky and, and flex on anybody. You just, you're there to be like, well, if you don't like it, let's figure out how we fix that.
3: You know, yeah, right.
2: Where most people you see, it's like, if you don't like this and you have a shitty palate, it's like, no, that's <laughs> no, not the not answer. Good.
3: No, no palates are ever the same. So no one's going to taste the same of certain products, no matter who you are, yep. unless you're an identical twin, then you're just weird. Right. Uh, but <laughs>
2: But you even see that with uh, with wild game too. You know, I know plenty of people that don't like the way whitetail tastes, and I think that's one of the cleanest, purest, most delicious meats out there.
3: I I can say I'm not the one who likes whitetail the most. I will eat it because I do like the flavor, but it's it's a little different for me. I'm used to eating elk or mule deer, so and those have different flavors. For sure,
2: life. I would. So if you're used to eating elk, then yeah, whitetail is probably not <laughs> the best. <laughs> For me, it's yeah, the other no way I, around. If I eat elk, I'm like, what is happening in my mouth?
3: Yeah, I was about to use another comment from the military. T- t- <laughs> <laughs> if I could,
1: if I could choose though, to be fair, I, I would probably choose elk. I've never, never had mule deer though.
3: Oh, it's delicious. I love mule deer. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's I, I hate to say a cleaner taste than white tail, but that's how I can portray it is it's just a little bit cleaner of a taste. That's ed,
1: a, ed, yeah. Mm. yeah that's fair i've i mean it's and to be and and, and i mean i've had whitetail that was like oh, this tastes this tastes weird it all comes down to how you know how it's how it's prepared and how it's you know all oh, right how it's butchered and everything else too so it's all you know everything's subjective
2: i guess me growing up eating raccoon and possum and squirrel whitetail is just the best <laughs> meat <laughs> but if you're eating elk yeah i guess white is probably not the best, best
3: meat on the planet uh, no, I'm, it's elk moose. The only thing I really haven't eaten that I didn't like was uh black bear.
2: Dude. Nobody likes black bear. Is that the first group? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I like it to an extent, depending on where they're at. So, I mean, as long as they're not around people, I'll eat it all day. And a, as, yeah.
2: Well, we had a podcast the other day with a guy talking about killing black bear and somebody I have to pull it up. We had a comment on YouTube where they had killed a black bear. Um, can't remember now. And it was, uh, apparently really good so i guess it, um, yeah it's just location
3: yeah i would say if it's just eating berries and tree shrub and all that i bet it's going to taste great but as soon as it eats start eating meat that's when that when that's when the meat flavor changes completely and i've had that yeah both times so one tasted absolutely phenomenal and one tasted not the best on earth sort <laughs> of yeah i
1: hear i hear the term sometimes the uh, blueberry bear <laughs> You're yeah. shooting a blueberry bear. I think I think that's what you're referring to is, is a bear yeah. that's, you know, that particular time of year is grazing on berries and, and things like that. I I would imagine has a much better taste than something that's been rummaging through people's trash or being baited with meat and other crap. Yep. I had to look it up. It was Bob Thinnis. Sorry, Bob. Uh, The chokecherry <laughs> bears
2: in Montana are super tasty, he says. He's had two um, of them. Hmm, choke okay. cherry. I, I don't even know what. No, I do. I, yeah, I looked it up whenever he said that. Go I get some choke Cherry
1: Bear. So what's the story behind that beast behind you?
3: Uh, the Nyala? Yeah. So uh, we were doing an auction about four years ago, right before COVID hit. And I bought a silent auction for my dad, myself, and my uncle to go to South Africa and hunt a bunch of different animals. This was not included, but I, I wanted it. <laughs> so... Um, but when when we did that, we were given five different animals. I have three behind me that you can't see. I have a black Impala, a regular Impala, a blessed buck. And this thing right behind me is a Nyala, which is related to a kudu. Okay. It's just a smaller version of a kudu, but I think so much prettier because there's dots on its rear end, the stripes going down, the horns are already ivory tipped. Um. See if That's I can cool. even get it's fit. no faces turning the other way. Sorry. They have a, they have a,
2: cool, <laughs> they have a really cool mane, kind of on the
3: bottom of their necks though, which is nice. They do. And their rear hind and uh, has almost wow. the spotted figures going back down it, which is kind of unique, um, in that aspect. So watching them come out from the mountains in South Africa were really cool or coming out of the trees, creeping me out one other time. So <laughs> does it taste like regular antelope or has it got a different flavor? Oh, completely different flavor. Super sweet, very light. Um, the texture was almost cleaned. Uh, I'm trying to think of the flavors. It's been over a year now. Yeah. Um, the best one I had was a the night uh, a kudu though a kudu backstrap. I I will yeah I will fly back out there just for that.
2: <laughs> You'd probably go to Texas <laughs> to get some.
3: I'm not saying I won't, it'd probably be save me a couple thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> have you had um, access or like some of the stuff that we can get around here? I
3: have not prong had more. access. I, I do have prong, I did have, uh, that was when my first kill ever and probably, oh, 98. Nice. So that was the first animal I ever took was a prong deer at 500 yards. Wow. Uh, well, trust me, it was a lucky shot. Okay. there's no, no no way on earth I could have shot that on purpose unless my dad said put the gun in your shoulder here aim at this reticle and then point that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In eastern Colorado because of the winds and I was able to hit it 500 yards with a very old 30-06 that should have not fired at all. and I bet yes. your dad exploded. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So. That's one thing that's um, been on
2: our list for a while as a pronghorn hunt. I may know some some people. We don't ask for favors ever, but I would ask, I would try and pull a favor on a wrong or not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I may know some people.
2: I like Colorado. There's a, I climbed, when I was in the Army, we did a, we went to Pike's Peak and climbed that, uh, which was terrible. Uh, (laughs) And then,
3: I don't,
2: I don't recommend it. And then we went to, um. (laughs) Utah, climbed something out there. Went, we climbed Mount Olympus, which was terrible. Then turns out Afghanistan's way worse. You would think Uh it wouldn't oh, be. Oh, it's. But, it's so the rocks much worse. Like, they're like four foot tall. You're like climbing yeah. up rocks to climb. It's stupid. That country. There's cool.
3: not. It's not a rock there. That you're just climbing over a boulder. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. With,
2: with way too much weight on your back and Kevlar. Yeah. Fun times.
3: Yeah. Just put 200 pounds on you. Uh, climb this mountain vertically. Yeah.
2: You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. And and (laughs) You're black on ammo because you've decided to bring water instead of bullets. (laughs) (laughs)
3: All
2: right. Tell us about this Rye. This is the next one.
3: Uh, The Rye is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, This is probably my second favorite. This is 86 proof. It's aged. I don't know which one you have currently, if it's the one year or the two year. That should say it on there. One year. Yep. So everything from now on is a two year from us so it's very unique but it's 69 percent rye uh four percent barley and the rest is corn of course so uh, what we do with that is distill it in the process we do it's open air fermentation on all of our distilling so this this comes out with a little bit different flavor profiles and the water we use we actually pull right from the eagle river um and then do a reverse osmosis on it and then keep going with it so everything that you have comes straight from the eagle river
2: and the, the rye comes from that, the same
3: tribe or same tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Is that their main thing growing crops? Again, I would love to give you more information, but <laughs> I right. I don't know off the top of my hand.
2: That's right. The nose on it is very good too. It has like a, a rye spice that you would expect, but almost like a kick of cinnamon on it.
3: Yeah. So that's every time I try to pull from this, uh, each bottle has a like a little bit different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> it's kind of unique hearing what you guys are actually coming up with it and what you actually think of it, so
2: has a lot of the typical kind of rye flavors, hmm and then yeah, the nose, like the cinnamon on the nose doesn't pull through, but it does come out very it's I mean it's a lower proof, so it's not a 100 percent surprising, but it is very easy on the palate.
3: yeah, uh, if you want do you know Jake uh, Hood's Molière? Yeah. So we just did a podcast with him recently and he, he talked about it. It's uh he called this a cuddly bear. <laughs> okay. That works. <laughs> yeah. Or no, this one, this one was a scary bear. I'm sorry. Uh, the nose he didn't like, but the palate and flavor profiles he absolutely loved. So that's how he described it. What's and funny. He said what, this is this Go ahead. Sorry. No,
2: please. No, he said, I want to hear what he said.
3: That's pretty much what he was going on. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's like I was gonna say
1: with with anything young, there is a tendency to get some of those some of those more harsh notes, you know, that come from. But it's it it, people, you know, I've also tasted whiskey that smells fantastic and it tastes like shit. So. You know, back to how does it taste? um Right. You know, yeah, sure, sure. You get some of those notes that are a little harsh on the nose, maybe, or just maybe aren't what you, uh what your brain wants or, or typically associates with that particular um profile or, or marshmallow. But on the on the palate, it's it's much more you know pleasurable. What right. I find interesting about the the way the
2: water's done, as opposed to being like what people, most people are familiar with, like the limestone water and it, and the what that does to a whiskey, and then. Taking river water that doesn't have a lot of that mineral content, it'll actually give it almost like a thicker mouthfeel, almost like you're mm-hmm. swallowing something. Th- not, It's not thin, you know, so it's easy to take a younger whiskey and let it stand up to other things, you know, blind, because it does have a thicker mouthfeel. It just feels like there's more consistency to the liquid as opposed to what people are used to in limestone water.
3: Right, absolutely.
2: Which I always find fascinating.
3: Well, that, and it's kind of unique because um, you guys know elevation plays a huge game in when it comes to whiskey. So a two-year-old whiskey here could be a 10-year-old whiskey in Kentucky just because of the elevation, because water evaporates 10 times faster up here than it does down there out of the like, our barrels. So we're getting a higher proof, and those constant heat temperature changes up here are just brutal sometimes. Today was 96 degrees at the distillery. So, Are you still using the smaller barrels, or have you gone up to the larger ones? Oh, we're up to the larger one. So we're okay. at fifty three.
2: Yeah, fifty three gallons, okay.
3: Yeah, the yeah, small we we've been, ones,
2: I'd imagine you'd lose almost everything
3: out of it pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, the, we I think they realized when they first started that they had to switch pretty damn quick because they were losing that one year almost all of it, besides a little bit. So Yeah, yeah.
1: So you guys will see what what are the uh what are the max like what are the, the out the outside, I guess maximums of the of those ranges like what's the the hottest weather you'll see and then like what do you see in the winter like in terms of the coldest you guys so i, I guess for temperatures for that those barrels are being exposed the, to
3: the temperature fluctuations yeah <clears throat> so it, it, it really varies right because uh the distillery has an air conditioner but we don't use it the only place we use yep. it is the office upstairs and in the tasting room, and those doors are shut unless we're doing a tour. Then they open and then they get shut immediately again. Sure. Um, out where the rick house is and the distillery, because it's one spot right now until we build another rick house, because we're out of room completely. <laughs> um, um, it can go up to 110 degrees, I've seen, and then negative 30, I think I saw this winter. Oof, wow. That's cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fun. <laughs>
2: So if, we, if you were to do a single barrel, how many bottles are going to come out of the typical barrel? That's like say four years old,
3: a uh, four-year-old single barrel uh, at our 86 proof. You're going to probably get 220 to 250 dependent.
2: What about barrel so
3: strength? Barrel strength. You're going to get with our rye uh, or bourbon. It wouldn't matter because they're shells 750 milliliters. Um, I've seen 200 to 170. It depends on what barrel proof we're actually putting it at. Uh, this one, this the bourbon I pulled out. I cheated a little. Uh, this is our barrel strength at 116 and at two years. So,
2: That's not bad. And what's your That's, entry proof?
3: Entry proof is 125. Okay for our for our bourbon because you guys know all bourbons have to be put in at 125. Can't go any higher. Right. Rise a little different, and they, we have some play with that. Uh, I I did have a rye. My dad stole it for me when he was helping me move in these African animals. So, and that was a, a 130 proof.
2: Nice. Yeah, you yeah. can go 125 or less. Uh, Wild turkey still does 115. 115 was like the standard forever, and then they they yeah. finally upped it to 125, and most people went there because it just makes sense to distill that high. <clears> but of losing proof mainly is the reason why.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's that's why we did it as well. We wanted to get that high content out of it, but. Some of our stuff I've seen distilled a lot higher, and I kind of enjoy it that way, but we're not gonna release that to the public. That's kind of the staff hidden barrel.
2: Which has gotta be cool so, work in there, and you can you can get some rare, rare stuff that nobody else can get.
3: Oh yeah, no, I, I did a barrel thief the other day, and I was gonna do one today before I leave to Kentucky for our a mystery sample, or something I can't talk about yet, but I would, if you guys came out here to Colorado, We'll go and do some barrel thieving from it and you'll try some stuff that's not going to be released for probably another six months. And you'll be severely surprised on how drinkable it will disappear. And that's, yeah. I, I know that's not a word, but I just, <laughs> I'm fucking going with it.
2: I know what it means though. It makes perfect. <laughs> Gus, you got an anniversary yeah. coming up, so.
3: Yeah. October. Well, look at there, come
1: back out. Yeah. I might have to, uh... We've been saying forever we we're going we're actually planning we we're planning on going back on our uh, our 10 year which would be next year. Uh, but may have to do it two years in a row.
3: I mean 9 year and 10 year. I mean it, you'll be <laughs> I mean that's perfect. You guys were married in 2014? Yeah. Or 13? 14. 14. 14. So perfect. You guys come out each year for your anniversary and then we'll we can give you guys something each year for your anniversary and our anniversary is going to be next year for our 10 year as well. So
1: done deal. Dude, you definitely got to go for their 10 <laughs> I might even go with <laughs> you yeah you're invited <laughs> I'm invited for like, your I'll anniversary you yeah sure come on i'm sure jessica will love that well, well you're Ooh. not you're not staying with us or anything get
2: your own <laughs> <fucking place. laughs> no
1: i thought we were going to split a room negative we're we'll going to airbnb together no so we when we went there for our anniversary we went horseback riding at the uh, four eagle ranch and she yeah. and they have the the vines at vale or whatever out there and uh mm-hmm. she, she, she loved that place and they do some sort of like glamping thing out there um yeah like a canvas tent and she really wants to do that so i'm i'm sure i'm going to drop and pay sell one of the kids and go do that
3: hey well uh, you you know some people out here now so just i may be able to give you some connections i
1: appreciate that
2: (laughs) you can also write it off because it could be a uh scouting idea for maybe we want to do some 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 glamping some july in charleston in the swamp uh kevlar canvas tent camping
3: <laughs> i'm not you guys uh, let's 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 talk about august july i, I don't have any days available on earth <laughs> <laughs> to come down here uh yeah no there's no way uh, august warm. yes yeah
2: this is the hottest day of the year right now today it's it was miserable all day today
3: what temperature
2: uh when i looked earlier the f- real feel was 98 which is nope. it's probably ninety
1: three degrees and with I don't know a hundred and forty five percent humidity. Yeah. And
3: See, this no.
1: Yeah. Next month in August will be hotter. And what's funny is that August fifteenth is our, our deer season opener. And people literally walk out to their blinds and shorts and uh tank tops and, with snake boots on, <laughs> sitting a <the> blind <laughs> in <laughs> like hopes of getting people. a velvet a velvet a velvet buck.
3: He always Oh, I, I would do it all. You're going to see me in some, um, <laughs> God, where are those, uh, the shorts military? Oh, silkies, cool. Some Ranger Silky's? panties.
1: Yeah. Ranger pants. Oh
3: yeah. Oh no. I will walk up in some silkies all day long <laughs> yeah. with a camo half camo shirt. I don't care.
2: See, so Gus says people as though he's not talking about us. Well, I was going to say we, <laughs> we do it every year too. So yeah. <laughs> get a thermosel and a mosquito it's a net
1: pa- it's a rite of passage you got to at least try and get opening day or at least that first week and then uh and then I I, I don't go back out until October
3: <laughs> yeah
2: that's some time we can get a velvet buck but it's like it's too miserable you you can only make it like through I mean we know some lunatics that'll sit in a tree stand for the entire season but I can't do it there's mosquitoes I, it's the mosquitoes is more is what it is is it really oh it's so bad it's so bad
3: well I, I have a lot of whiskey. I may just bring that out and start drinking it in the deer stand. Put the gun away. So I'll make it. I just don't know if I'll live.
2: To be honest with you, if you want to experience it, you can feel free to come down. I'll, I'll put you in a stand and come pick
1: you up <laughs> seven hours later, <laughs>
3: destroyed.
1: We'll bring you back to the clubhouse and we'll have dinner ready for you. Yeah. Oh,
3: I'm not saying that. Oh, trust me, I'll I'll do that or I'll get down and start trying to track a deer because that's I'm not used to tree stands. I'm used to actually going out and finding the steps and going after him.
2: i don't think you'll do that here <laughs> you'll get
3: bit by a snake
2: pretty quick
3: uh, okay then that's not happening
2: <laughs> yeah we got we got we got scary spiders scary snakes and and swarms of mosquitoes in august
1: and apparently now uh wild hogs yeah. to contend continue so. oh,
2: we got gators back there
1: i don't recommend tromping around uh this time <laughs> of year but you know, by, <laughs> by all means uh, we'll give you oh, a radio. we'll give you a radio just call for help
3: God, you're, <laughs> you're you're just you're, you're pushing me off now <laughs>
1: <laughs> now
2: what we do is we, we have a club stand that's on a field we'd put you in there it's a blind so you could wear literally shorts and a tank top and you'd be perfectly fine but i would wear a mosquito net and have a thermosel running and just hang out and then uh if you see something shoot it we get i think gus and i are allowed to have one guest kill yeah. Kill a, a buck a year. Yep. Yeah. So yep. if you want to tag, I'll give it to you.
3: Oh, you, you, you're you fucked. I'm coming out.
2: You should do it. Just because I don't right. know how much fun we're going to have the night after.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm putting it on my calendar. August, you said 15th?
2: Yeah. Let's pull yep. it up and look because I'm curious yeah. what day that yeah. is. August Let me 15th. know. So I don't... It's a Tuesday, Tuesday, dude. So you yeah. can come down, cheap flight on like Monday. a Sunday. Nobody flies on yeah. Sundays or even Monday, whatever.
3: Yeah, we'll make it a work trip. We'll talk about everything whiskey. We'll do another <laughs> podcast. I can maybe bring down a case or five.
1: It's a write off right there. Yeah, it's a write off.
2: Yeah,
3: right.
2: dude, you know how much interesting a story with a hunting story would be like,
1: we'll film the whole thing. We're like, oh, this is what
2: hunting it. on August 15th is like. And then we'll show everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just show that, that scene from uh, Ace Ventura when he's inside the yeah. rhinoceros ass and he's just <laughs> drenched in sweat. <laughs> Yep,
3: warm, <laughs> <laughs> do not go in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, think- I'll do this. I'll do it all day. I think you should. I'll do it with you. Perfect. I got I got I got PTO
2: or whatever, whatever it
3: is that a corporate job. <sighs> I'm still trying to figure that out. I take leave. Never. Yeah, so I mean, this will be a work trip for me. So that's yes. right. It would be.
2: would be we could do dude we do the whole thing sponsored by 10th mountain
3: yep so we'll we'll come out there we'll have a good time so yeah how easy is that Done deal we should probably get off
2: here before we start making more plans i mean i've got a whole sticky (laughs) note here full of stuff
3: coming out drinking i'm looking forward to it yeah so just let me know how you guys are feeling about this and well what, what are your guys's flavor profiles I'm really curious on that rye that you just had so we, you talked about the nose a little bit and a little bit of the flavor profiles but I'm really curious on actually what your guys's thoughts are on it complete so
2: yeah we'll probably get, end up writing some of this out and I'm going to do some videos on it 100% um, as far as stuff that we actually look for I'm I've got a problem with the peanut I it's if if I find a whiskey that has peanut any kind of peanut it just uh it just fires me up I, it's like because it's always a surprise and then when i taste it right like, Fuck yeah and then the other one is banana and i don't really like bananas like i don't eat bananas but banana in my whiskey for some reason so brown foreman's a big i'm a big fan of brown foreman because of that there's there's a lot of banana especially in some of the jack daniels old forester stuff um, right some of the jim beam old beam some turkey stuff has peanut in it um and then I love the fig, to be honest, and, and this brandy, which I know that's not what we're looking for here. But the cinnamon on the nose, I like it. I like the way that rye hit the nose on that rye. For being one year old, I'm very impressed, actually, on kind of like the entire pack, package of it. What do you think, Gus?
1: Yeah, I agree. I It, it hits a lot of the, the notes that I like. Um, it, it has the cinnamon, sort of the, um, um, I get the dark fruit you know like like figs like he mentioned um yeah uh, like like I, I like that in in any whiskey um you know on the actually on the palate. you know i i'm drawn a lot he matt mentioned banana i like whenever you get apple like I, i'm like green apple is something that i really like and um uh you know when you when you pair that with a with the sweetness from the corn i just it's just it's a win for me every time um matt matt really likes uh, typically likes higher in higher proof stuff. I I'm more down the middle, like your your hundred proof or in that ballpark. which is kind of where my palate likes to be. So um, I I really enjoy both these whiskeys today, man. I and I really appreciate you sharing them. I'm looking forward to trying the brandy.
3: No, absolutely. And we'll we'll bring out a few other things when I come out there or you guys come out here. But it sounds like I'm coming out there first. So uh, I want to. I
2: snowing. I don't ever get to see snow.
3: Oh yeah, come on out. I got. Yeah. I may have a decent-sized house here okay. with a bunch of dead animals everywhere that we can go up on a property and have a good time and shoot whatever and then go down to the distillery and drink. So Yeah,
2: I might even yeah. uh, FFL transfer some stuff up there.
3: I'm not saying I know a person that has that, but I may know a person that has that.
2: I've got an FFL uh-huh. here, so if, if if they get along, we can at least mail it up there for a little while.
3: <laughs> I'm Yeah, I think they'll get along.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, my, my guy's still active duty. So if, it, if it, he gets away with so it, lot, is mine. Right? Oh, so is mine. Oh,
3: yeah. perfect. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah.
2: That's me in heaven. Yeah, yeah. And then on, on yeah. this regular bourbon dude, just the
3: sweetness of it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. But we'll, we'll bring out some barrel strength of both the bourbon and the rye. And if we actually have, we just released our bottle of bonded, uh, like I told you guys that my dad stole. So, um, if I can find that again, if there's another bottle that's hidden in the distillery somewhere, I'll bring that out so you guys can try it, and we'll, we'll have a good time, and we'll, we'll go through a bunch of different flavors, and I have something for both of your wives. Uh, if they don't like whiskey, we have a cordial that's peach, vanilla, and sage-infused. Nice. That, that is absolutely dangerous, because uh, it is 70-proof still. Oh, wow. No. Um, and we have a potato vodka um, that we distill in-house as well, as well <laughs> as our single malt, so...
2: It so may they, not be a surprise to you, but our our wives love whiskey, too. Also,
3: yeah. <laughs> hey, some do, some don't. So, yeah.
2: Ours were kind of put to the flame. They had to like it. So there's no no option. It's like, well, we're doing this now. So, either you get along or, or you get out.
3: Yeah. Uh, God, no. I just need to find a wife like that.
2: They're out there, man. Or, or you can just do what I didn't. <laughs> I, I forged mine in fire. And uh, I got left.
3: I've, tr- I've tried. You can't do that up here in Vale. That you, that you sort sure of get slapped. They have too much money.
2: Oh, is that true? <laughs> well, then you just got to take it as that. Like you just, you're getting into it for the money. Then I, I got into it for, uh, for a conversation and getting along.
3: I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'd rather have the conversation and get along than get slapped by a rich person constantly. I think so.
2: that's a good choice, dude. If I had to pick <laughs> one of them too two, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you for coming on, man. We're definitely gonna do this again. It was a good chat. We yeah, a in common, I think. Appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. 100%. Thank you, guys.
2: Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, use code PODCAST. Save 20% on everything on our store. Check us out at patreon.com slash whiskey and whitetails. Uh, and check us out on YouTube. We have all this stuff's on YouTube now. So if you're listening hey, Bri- and you want to watch, it's there.
1: And, Brian, where can they find uh, more about 10th Mountain?
3: Uh, it's going to be tenthwhiskey.com, and it's all one zero T thmtn as our and whiskey and you can find that out across all of our social media platforms
2: 100 we'll have links in all the bios for that as well you can come down there and click it and uh yep yeah. thanks everybody for joining have a good day